Boom. Did we do it at the same time? I think so. Or it's Sweet. at least very close. And All right, as long as it's rolling. close, it'll make it easier for me. All right, yeah. All right, are we done yet? All right, and that's episode one. <laughs> see you guys next week. Uh, what a guy. Um, I can't even see my notes through Thanks my pop for, filter uh, here. Skyping in. All right, so um, I don't even know how to start this off. Luke, you're much better at this. That you was a pretty good off. start right there, I'll tell you. And Luke you, does this for a living. You can keep this rolling, and this is uh, a good first start to the podcast. Yeah, I agree. That's my plan, but can you introduce us now? Okay. God, you're giving away the whole plan just in the show, just telling everyone what we're doing. So this is a podcast. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> do we... Uh, um, the Tri Podcast, is that uh, the official name? Is that what we're doing? Uh, I think so. Culture Shock 2.0. Bringing back Culture Shock after the lost uh, four episodes. I think we only had three. The intros to these are always so awkward because it's just, it's nothing. You just started talking. You have to, uh, you have to like play the opening song to get into the mood. It's weird. Well, just, we haven't like, jump right decided in. on an opening song yet. Yeah, we don't have an opening song yet. Okay, well, that's not going to help. I also don't know the whole uh, like schedule or plan of the episode, so I don't know if I should be the one leading it because I don't know. <laughs> I guess the, I should do it. The direction. This so. is embarrassing. So, all right. All right. So, uh, here we are in the off. first podcast uh, with the. Try podcast, I guess, is what we're calling it for now. Let's start over. <laughs> <laughs> you can edit it out. Can't okay. you? Back yeah, and go we'll on just, the outtakes. We'll just start here. All right. All right. All right. So here we are in the first week of the Try Podcast, and uh, today we're going to be discussing uh, Talking Heads album "Stop Making Sense," their live album. Um, I'm Ryan Subhan. I'm here with uh, my two good friends in the Try Podcast. Counterparts, actually. I'm Ryan, Ryan Squared, I guess you could say. I come from no musical background. I am just a fan of music. I feel like I bring some energy and some, you know, different ways of thinking to this um, tripod. That's a good idea. Talk about our backgrounds. Oh, yeah. I'm Indian. I am an American. And we have our good friend Luke Morrow on the other end of the line. Yeah, and I'm Italian. <laughs> and the wannabe, oh, uh, I pretend to be a wannabe musician. Yeah, and uh, I myself am a musician. I play guitar and sing. I've been playing music for about, I don't know, 12 years, 13 years at this point. Way too long for how bad I am. That's true. So, yeah, thanks. Uh, All right. I think um, you're being a little modest. Uh, thanks, Ryan Squared. Oh, that's us. Thanks, yeah. Bailey. Google before the tide. Do not yes. Google before the tide. At, or do you have a Twitter handle? I don't think they Shameless come up. Plug. I used to have a Twitter handle. I don't think it went anywhere anymore. Actually, driving home tonight. You hear uh, one of my songs? Yeah, Out of Time came on the iPod. I still what? have your, oh, no your songs on my iPod. I have no idea how to play that song anymore. And uh, yeah, that came on. I have like eight different versions of, of that song. And the one labeled Out of Time 3 came on shuffle. Out of Time. I don't remember which one that was. Okay. Well, I am glad to hear you're listening to some Before the Tide. Well, then you'll be unhappy to hear that I immediately hit next. <laughs> yeah. So, but that that was a good song. Well, I'm glad it came on anyway. Yeah. So, um, this is our first podcast. We're going to, uh, I'll go over the format that we're going to follow. So, uh, each week we're going to talk about a different album that we uh, listen to and we're going to review. We each have pretty different tastes in music. So I think it'll be interesting to get everyone's different perspective. 
Um, and on top of the album that we review, before that, we're going to have a little section in the beginning kind of talking about what we've been listening to that week and the new kind of music that we've heard about. Anything uh, related to music in general or anything, you know, just random topical talk. The Tri Podcast. All right, so Ryan, why don't you start us off here with All what right. you've been listening so to? I'm I'll start off notes. with what I've been listening to since I have Bailey over here looking at my notes that uh, I have on my laptop. Nobody, so, knows um, who, nobody knows who Bailey is. Oh, sorry, Ryan, the other Ryan. I'm Ryan, he's Bailey, and then we have Luke. So now hey. we got that out of the way. I've been listening to a lot. The new Head in the Heart album, Signs of Light. I don't know if you guys know Head in the Heart at all. I do know them. I don't know the new album. I think I've listened to one or two songs via Spotify. Yeah, so they're more of a, you know, they're, I guess Americana would be a way to describe it. Is it one of the new genres around these days? Genres uh, is a whole nother conversation. Yeah, I actually have that saved to talk about a little later today. Oh, perfect. Then um, I'll save my thoughts. Yeah, because it's crazy. It's There's so many different genres, and it's like they, they, they don't mean anything as like they used to. Um, but anyway, the new Head in the Heart album, Signs of Light, uh, it's a really, really good album. I highly recommend you guys check it out. It's a folk rock band. They're, they've been around for a long time, and this new album is really just an album about, I guess, like relationships and life and just kind of everything. And it was written at a time where their lead singer was going through a lot, and they're actually currently touring without their lead singer because he's in the middle of some type of, I want to say, rehab or something like that i'm not positive on the exact uh details of why he's not touring with them but he needed to basically get his life back in order and a lot of the album reflects that and it's just a really really strong album and uh yeah i really enjoy it so i think you guys would like it i think you should check it out if you have the time and then uh on a side note i've also been obsessed with the new chain smokers song closer i can't stop i can't get enough I know it's bad. It's pop, but I'd you know I can't get enough. Just can't get enough. That's, that's right. like that's like Bailey's area of expertise. I um, expect that from what Bailey. are you What are you trying to say here? That Such I have a good. A, it's uh, so catchy though. A wide array of musical tastes. Yeah, uh, I would say array. that. Yeah. Maybe not a better one, but a wider one. All right, okay, Luke. Why don't you tell us what I'll you've been listening that. to? <laughs> Let's well, hear you know, uh, I've been trying to think of. Uh, I've been trying to come up with someone new that I've been listening to lately, but that really hasn't been the case. Um, I sent you guys uh, a couple of days ago, as we'll always pass music off to one another, and you pretty much ignored it. But my I did not. I told you I listened to it. Yeah, you eventually listened to it days later, but this Anderson Pock, I don't even know, Pack, whatever you say his name. Wolfgang yeah. Puck. Yeah. Um, he's, uh, he's a He's mix. a great chef as well. Uh, yes, exactly. And he's been serving up hits. Uh, and uh, he's a mix. <laughs> he's been described as a mix between James Brown and Kendrick Lamar. Now I don't listen to Kendrick Lamar or uh, like that. So I was confused. Music, Do you know much about this band? I know nothing, but I like that song. Because I listened to the song, and yeah, I could definitely see the funk aspects of it. That's my style. Um, yeah, it, I like that. But then it got into the rap, and it threw me a little off. And I wasn't sure if it was like they had a um, like a, a guest rapper or something. But I guess it's just that Anderson Packer, whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, I think it's just him. It's funny because I heard that song in a Kevin Durant commercial when he first signed with the Warriors. So that's uh, a couple months ago. And I heard the song in a commercial. And you know, I always love my songs when I hear them on TV. They always sound so much better in commercials or shows for whatever reason. So I... Because they uh, picked the best part of the song to put in the commercial. Yeah, that's true. And it always, it sounds a little different too, like altered. But... Um, well, that's like, what was that commercial with the... Uh, 
Who are we talking about? Wasn't the Aerosmith song? Oh the yeah, Stevens. the cover of um. No. Oh no, that's a different one, Bailey. Uh, I think. What was it the Come Together cover? Yeah, the Come oh. Together cover. It was Aerosmith covering it. Yeah, same thing. If that was really Aerosmith, I I'm not a huge fan of their version, but in the commercial, it sounds great. Yeah. Although everyone else hated it, but but in, in this song in particular, mm-hmm. I heard in the Kevin Durant commercial, I I listened to it online and I didn't like it, and I think because it starts off, uh, it sounded like a rap song. It's got some crude language. And uh, wasn't what I was expecting. And then I hear I heard it this past week. They play it all the time for NFL Sunday Countdown. So I was getting ready for the games. I kept hearing clips of this song. I was like, what is this song? It sounds pretty good. And then when I Googled it, I saw that I already watched it on YouTube. And it's the old uh, listening three times trick. I had to hear it a couple more times. It's a good song. Uh, yes. so maybe I'll have to give it a couple more tries. That's right. So uh, that's, I guess, like really the only newer thing. I always rediscover old songs, which I always enjoy. My favorite and, thing to do. Yeah, and lately I've been into, uh, similar to the funk, I guess, but going back to the 70s, I've been into uh, like the Staple Sisters and... Uh, um, Never even heard of them. Sly and the Family Stone. So oh, good. there we go. Uh, good old Sly. Uh, That's I love Sly. Uh, Sly's had a lot of problems, but Wait, in his, his heyday, uh, there's not much cooler than Sly. What's his really big song? Um, I don't know, Everyday People. Everyday People? Maybe. I can't remember. I don't know any of the songs by name, but I've heard of oh, them okay. before. They were great. Speaking of commercial songs, have you guys heard the song in the new iPhone commercial? It's like, I, I, I don't know the name of it. It's a really good acoustic song. Um, it's really catchy. Maybe I if I heard, heard it. it. Yeah. You that's how I, that's how I discover out. the majority of my music is just through like commercials now. They do pick some great songs. Yeah, they got it. All right, Ryan, what about you? What have you been listening to this week? Well, I, I, over the past couple of weeks, I really haven't been listening to anything um, all that new. I've kind of been in this um, serious 80s kick lately. In the yeah. 80s, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think uh, I kind of inspired uh, us choosing this uh, album based on um, some recommendations. Um, but in general, in terms of 80s artists, I think I've really been into Tears for Fears lately. Yeah, um, some Hollow Notes. Oh, um, I so, love you know, the classic. Notes. I guess you could call it eighties. Is it is it pop? Eighties. Um, yeah, it's like eighties pop. We'll get into the genre talk in a little bit. Yeah, I, yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. same thing. It's that's part of it. Daryl Hall is really fascinating. He actually celebrated a birthday yesterday. Do you know how old he turned? Um, seventy. Eighty-two. Wow, Bailey, spot on. He just turned seventy. Wow. I am just—I have a sixth sense when it comes to guessing it ages, been good guessing birthdays, and guessing the ages. the um the years movies came out. I'm pretty good at that too. That's a good sense to have because if you ever guess a a woman's age wrong, it can be big trouble. So, I'm terrible at ages. Yeah, I'm not good either. But Daryl Hall looks great for seventy. You just gotta pick an obviously younger age for a woman. Of course. Yeah. You have to oh yeah, I always go younger. About flattery. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, Bailey, Hall and Oates, what else? I, uh, well, I, I think um, I'm really into just finding, you know, new, well, not new, but songs I never really heard of from, you know, the time before I was born. So, you know, the 80s since I was born in 1990. Um, but I think w- my favorite song right now by um, Tears for Fears would be Head Over Heels. Oh, I don't know. I know if that one. Luke obviously knows it. Yeah. Um, but My, uh, I, Forte isn't the older music. Yeah. Well, it used to. It, some it, of it. Never but really not like. Yeah. Yeah. Never really was mine either. But I've just for some reason just been down the '80s rabbit hole and haven't been able to climb out yet. All right. Um, but I think uh, in terms of I don't want to ramble on here. 
um, <laughs> in terms of uh, yeah, we don't want that either, Bailey. <laughs> Good Led Zeppelin music, song. Current music. That is a great. Song. Oh yeah, ah, nice reference indirectly by me. Um, but uh, <laughs> I think right, in, ter- right. in terms of current music, I've really um, I'm a big fan of Churches. I don't know if you guys listen. To yeah, them they're all. great. I love. Oh them. yeah, um, yeah. Their, their lead- stuff's just really catchy too. Oh yeah, their lead singer. Uh, her name is escaping me right now. Um, something to do with a berry, I forget. But well, where are they? Aren't they from um, Scotland? Yeah, I think. Scotland. Yeah, they're um, really good. But they actually—I'm not sure if they just came out with this or it's been out for a while. But they came out with this version of their song "Bury It" off of their um, album with Haley Williams. Yes, with Haley Williams. That's really their, good. Uh, yeah, it's it's very good. I always, you know, I love my female vocalists. Um, so, so do I. Oh, so, yeah, and, that, I and that's a really spot. good song. It's a really good song. Uh, yeah. Nice. Hey, that's some good stuff you've been listening to. Yeah. I also failed to mention Chris Stapleton. He got shot down by you guys earlier as well. So, but uh, the hell is he? He's, I listened uh, to a little bit of that when he you reference it. Yeah, I, I can't didn't. really remember much. He's about been blowing it, but... up. He's old. I think he's like maybe even into his forties, and he's kind of country, but he's kind of like that Zach Brown where he's not like uh, yeah, full yeah, blown yeah. country. Uh, I feel like I would have liked it. Did I even listen? I don't think so. That's what you do, but. Nah. Uh, He's become sense. really popular, especially with the the baseball players. Uh, over the summer, I heard it a lot. Um, uh, he's been blowing up. That's like the new the new name in the country uh, area, I suppose. Yeah, I'll have to check him out. You know, it was weird at the Mets game last week. Um, at the end of the game, the players were coming up to different walkout music than they started the game with. They had rally songs. Yeah, is that what it is? I have no idea gotta be the rallies i do love city like field and i never know why but every seventh inning stretch they play the italian song lazy mary it's they play lazy mary and then they play uh in the eighth inning they Don't play, they play um, uh at Samore. no 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 they play lazy mary and then in the eighth inning they play uh billy joel uh piano man uh, yeah, well, that's it's great the place goes sense. wild yeah that's interesting because that's like a slower that's a slow song for a time that's like not, that like it's like not that slow Kind of slow. Uh, like not that really. Uh, All right, so debatable. we're going to move on now because uh, Luke's wrong. All right. All right, so uh, each week, like I said, we're going to discuss an album, um, and we'll I'm sure we're going to go off topic during the discussions, but each week one of us will pick an album for the rest of the people to listen to. Uh, this week was Ryan's pick, and as I said, he picked the Talking Heads live album, Stop Making Sense. Uh, I'm going to let Ryan take it away first to kind of give us an intro on this album and talk about it a little bit since this was his pick. And I think that's how we'll do it each week and kind of let everyone discuss their album first. And then everyone else will give their opinions on it and see what they thought. appreciate uh you giving me the floor so this album um it's actually obviously as ryan said did he say it was a live album yeah it's a live album um it was recorded in 1984 um while talking heads was i guess promoting their 1983 album uh speaking in tongues um it was filmed uh well yeah actually getting ahead of myself so it was uh filmed and it was made into a movie over three nights at the how do you pronounce it the Pantage, uh, I'm probably butchering it, Hollywood's Pantage Theater um, in of December. Of course. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> right. Great theater. Great I once theater. saw Tears for Fears there in 1987. 
Did you really? Yeah, they played head over heels as the encore. <laughs> I was there. Uh, okay, I bet they did. Um, so no, they did. Uh, fun fact, actually, this. So as I said, they made this into a movie, um, and this was actually one of the f- or the first movie to use. Um, Digital audio techniques. Um, not really sure what that means, but I it's, saw that too, and I didn't know what it meant, and I could have done more research into it, but I didn't. That's very neat. <laughs> um, so just one thing to point out, um, you know, to think of as we're going through this. So when they film this, and you know, uh, as so the the first song was uh, "Psycho Killer," which we will you know talk about. But um, interestingly enough, uh, the way they started this was that um, the lead singer Dave Byrne. Um, came on the stage and just played the acoustic, um, and he was the only one on the stage. There was no equipment or anything, um, and as um, they went through the beginning of the set list, more and more members would join, um, and then finally, um, Burning Down a House, which I think is the fifth or sixth uh, track or song on the set list, is when they had the entire group together, you know, including the, the four members of the band and the backup singers, which... Um, to point out, actually, were um, formerly from Funkadelic and Parliament, the funk band yeah. in the 70s. Um, and as I will probably mention as we go through this, um, I really was a big fan of the uh, background singers and how they kind of integrated that into uh, their performance. Um, All right, yeah. nice. Um, yeah, it, it, yeah. It's, an interesting al- it's an interesting album because, as you mentioned, it's a live album. But, but what do you expect from a live album, just in general? So- actually had the same thought and my thought it wasn't so i i to start off i enjoyed the album i enjoyed the album luke didn't think i was gonna like it i enjoyed it wow um yeah no i thought it was good but my my one comment at the end of the album was there wasn't much i didn't feel continuity through it but then again you think about a live show that i guess there isn't really like the albums aren't designed and a live show is not designed to have that continuity like an actual studio album is where they sit down they plan the track list and they plan the song list and everything goes together and flows together. The album to me felt a little disjointed being that like they, the genres and here's you talk about genre. It almost started off in like a different genre than the band ended. It was weird, but I guess when you transcend your discography during an um, during a live show, that's what's going to happen. You're going to hear the changes much more prominently than you do when you listen to different albums. Yeah, that's a fair point. And I love Talking Heads, and they're one of my favorite bands from the 80s, and my father loves them, and I, I grew up on them, and uh, very pleased to hear, hear Bailey has gotten into them. But it's weird because, and that's a good point you made, but just in general for live albums, I always liked when the album's going back to, like, for example, my personal favorite, Tom Petty released like a four-disc live album uh, going back like maybe five years now. And they blended it all together, so it sounded like even though they, they picked songs from different concerts over the course of really 30 years, it sounded like it was one show. And there was the crowd in between that segued from one song into another. Now, maybe it was the version I listened to uh, on, I think it was YouTube. But it's, it was like... You listen this, to this album on YouTube? Yeah, that's how I listen to my albums. That's, that's, a, that's a whole other story. YouTube. But I actually got into a thing where you have to listen to an album. Story. Ah, it's, 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 it's fantastic. YouTube's got it all. But anyways... Forget Spotify. But uh, it felt disjointed, not so much in the sense of like song to song in the types of songs, but just in between where there wasn't like the ton of the crowd noise cheering. And then again, maybe it was just my version, but it would like fade down and then fade back up. And it was like it was just a, it, it was like not a live album. It was like it was an album of live performances. Yeah, that makes sense. I think Spotify version wasn't like that. No, um, but yeah, I, I didn't. I agree um, in that like you. I guess in a live show, you'd assume there'd be some sort of like lead-in to the next song. 
Um, I don't know right. if that's yeah. Um, yeah, there's none of that I, I don't either. There's none of the talking. I don't think they really talked at all during the whole album. That's what I mean. It's just like a gathering of live performances, almost yeah. as opposed to like Dave Matthews with his concerts. You know, it's almost a lot of his albums are just a single one concert, so that's why you get all that stuff. But uh, you get that feel of being at a show as to po- as opposed to here. It's kind of like almost an. It's almost like a bootleg, like just a, a version, a bunch of different songs or different versions of songs. Yeah, I get that. I mean, that wasn't something that like crossed my mind, but I can definitely see what you're saying and how it would come across that way. Because, yeah, they didn't talk much. They didn't introduce songs. They just kind of went song to song. Um, and I definitely think they cut stuff from the actual performance because um, they had like they were bringing on different people for every song. There was like different people playing on the songs. And I think also, um, I guess, because they made it into a movie, would that have any impact on you know how this album is like because they were like actually cutting it together into an actual film would that have anything to do with this i don't know i've never i never saw the movie so i'm not sure if the movie is just like basically a few cameras filming the full yeah, show we gotta watch the movie yeah so i i couldn't comment on that i don't know if luke knows anything else I saw a movie of theirs. It wasn't of a concert, and I don't think it was this one. And it was very strange. And it was, if I remember correctly, one of the last things they actually did as a band. Um, but uh, it was almost kind of like the wall. It was like real trippy. I had That's no idea what was movie. going on. <laughs> That's a weird That's movie. Interesting. Yeah. So I mean, they're they're a really interesting band. The Talking Heads. They're they're odd. Did they remind anyone of the Doors, or is that just me? Uh, a little bit. I can eh. agree with that to an extent. Yeah. All right. I don't know. I felt a little bit of the Doors vibe, but my whole thing with um, the live albums, and again, I think live albums are great, but yeah, I felt like this one didn't make me feel like I was at the show, which is, I mean, I feel like that's the goal for a live album. Right. Yeah, yeah I guess that goes along with what I was I was trying to get across, and uh, I'm not the hugest fan of live albums, but, but uh, I don't that's not to knock a word. this one. What'd you say? I don't think hugest is a word uh hugest and um <laughs> uh yeah but uh you know it featured Bur- burning down the house which was one of my all-time favorite songs it had a good Great set song. list at least yeah. it's pretty short it's a pretty short album but uh it's good stuff and and yeah, as it was, mentioned what, it's a unique songs? band so uh was it 16 songs oh well the original wasn't the original album well shorter it's not it's not like a, an album. a studio album it's like a it was just. Are you talking like the soundtrack? Yeah. Wait, what? What? No. Like, like, like this is a like a. Oh, you're so. Are you talking about the original release of the live, of this album? So stop making sense. It was released twice. It was released as a vinyl, which had nine songs. Okay. Yeah, that's what I listened to. That's all you listened to. Yeah. Uh, oh, there's the full release I, of like. It's like I guess they essentially like not, they. I think it was like. A year and a half later, they released the full album, which is 16 songs. Well, see, maybe that's what maybe that blended. That, that's yeah. why I think because if you listen, so I could see how if they only played nine, they picked nine songs from the show and they put it into an album, right. which would need cutting and everything. So it's not going to flow. It's not like you're listening to the wall where every album goes into. Not the wall. Oh yeah, the wall does it too. But um, Dark Side of the Moon too. Yeah. Right. It, you know, and albums are an interesting thing. We we always hear albums, you know, are like in vogue again, and the quality is so much superior or whatever. But it's odd because they they allow so, so uh, such fewer space than, like, say, a CD. And also, 
I always never understood the fade outs at the end of songs on albums. I don't understand how albums work enough to comment on that. That's another thing. I don't get how a needle on the album. That's, I have no idea. It really blows my mind. I love them. I love speaker. listening to vinyl. The best thing albums ever did was lead or lend to the term groovy. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's um, where it came from. One thing a lot of new bands that do release finals, they, if they have, they, a lot of bands are releasing the double albums. Yeah. Which is like a big thing now. Um, I have a few double albums of like newer musicians and their newer albums. Are those just are those two two actual, whatever you call them? Yeah, yeah just it's two records that come in the in the case, and I actually have a I have one that's like three, triple album. Yeah, and then I have an old Bruce Bruce Live it like Hammerstein Odeon or something mm. like that out in London. I have that album, and it's like a four Ooh, four uh, odd album. Yeah, it's like four or five discs. It's a really great album. It's one of yeah. his best live albums. That's what I mean. Like the limitations, I guess, of vinyl. It leads to something like that. But that's uh, the one thing with listening to vinyl is that I hate. You got to get up and turn it over. Didn't um, they have like turnstiles that would flip? Yeah, it? they had old turntables they used to flip it for you. But like the new ones don't do that. You got to flip them yourself. You have to have those ones that did that were like the big. My grandmother has one. It's like a big, essentially cabinet with the record player inside of it. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 That turns it over for you. It's got, like, that big horn speaker or whatever attached to it. Plays like Benny yeah, Goodman. I think that was a little, <laughs> a little before that. Oh, okay. I think the technology got a little better after that. Uh, what, what, was it, what was it about this album, since this is the inaugural uh, album uh, introduction on the podcast, what was it that drew you to this album, Bailey? I think so. I've listened to a couple of the songs on the album, um, you know, by themselves. Um, obviously, the hits um, like Psycho Killer, which is the first uh, song on the album, uh, Burning Down the House, obviously, which is a classic. I'm sure we you know everyone. I took a note on that and said it's a fun song it, and a great jam. It's a very fun song. It really is. I love, you know, on the version on Spotify, I love that um, acoustic solo that starts it off. It's yeah, awesome. Yeah, it's a really good song. Um, it's a great way to kick it off. And I think also, like, a couple of these songs I've seen, I, or, I've heard in movies i guess scene or whatever you want to call it um particularly um crazy stupid love with steve carell when he is um you know his wife makes a move out of the house and he comes back um to do the yard work late at night um and as he's doing the yard work this song comes on um and this song fits um very well with that scene um and also, um, speaking of The Sopranos, which I am on season four and watching, um, there's this episode where Tony gets one of those big mouth um, billy basses, and the song it sings is um, Take Me to the River. Um, so there's a bunch of, you know, um, you know, times I've heard songs on this album, outside of this album, and I think, uh, you know, that kind of drawn, drew me to them, and, you know, I was, you know, just searched them on Spotify and found this album, and fell in love with it i guess you could say um i think it's a solid album to start off with um a couple things to note about it it was 345 on the rolling stones 500 greatest albums of all time back in 2003 um and it peaked at 41 on the u.s charts and it has gone platinum twice and gold once and i don't know what that means i was just you took the words out of my mouth you always hear that about albums yeah i don't understand how something goes like platinum twice what does that mean that's true how can it well, no, I shouldn't say that. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. 
And that's, the, you know, I miss that about the music industry now is the whole, like, the charts, they still have them, but nobody knows and no one cares. And uh, the Charts whole, don't mean anything anymore. It's like the no. top charts are people are there for a day and then you have someone else the next day. Right, and the whole record sales. I mean, uh, people from the 80s, like maybe the Talking Heads, have like a gold record on the wall because of the achievement of a, a successful album where you don't get that anymore. That kind of stuff was cool. Yeah, I agree with that. But I, I wish I didn't botch this and actually listen to the full edition because it included Genius of Love, which is a phenomenal oh, song. Amazing. Oh, I love that eh, song. That's hey, I got my, a question. Yeah, go ahead. Is that and It's Always Sunny? Yeah, that's the song. Oh, that's that is. I heard it came um, on, and I'm like, that's it. I know that song. Uh, what episode is that in? Um, when they, uh, it's season finale, I think two seasons ago, when they have Thanksgiving dinner at their apartment, and they want to squash the, yes. the beef. Yes. Oh, my God. On. That's it. The gang squashes their beef. It's uh, it's Always Sunny is great at including classic 80 songs. Well, you know what oh, else I they have? They have another. Yeah, Bailey, you would like it. It's a great show. But they have another. Um, they have Psycho Killer in it, too. Oh, that's right. I think that same season. Psycho Pete. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you sent that clip a couple days ago. Yeah. Genius of Love. Fantastic song. And then I think Mariah Carey. I was uh, just going to say that. Used it, which is another excellent song. Yeah. 1995, Fantasy, which Uh, I actually heard before I actually heard this song. Um, I saw the music video. um, And uh, when I actually was listening to this, I actually didn't know. I didn't really know of Genius of Love until about a couple of days ago. Um, and w- when I first listened to it, I was like, eh, this sounds familiar. And then I was like, oh, well, Mariah Carey must have sampled it. Was that um, Mariah Carey music video, the one when they were like on the boardwalk driving around in the Jeeps? Uh, I think it was um, at like a movie make... theater, actually. Oh, was it a movie theater? Like, but it was it. She Does had that a, sound right? Uh, that might be a different. I don't know. Uh, I guess I'm one. mixing up my Mariah Carey music. Yeah, videos. because this one well, features. You watch them all the time. So. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this one features uh, Jerry O'Connell. Um, I don't a, even know who that is. Been in a bunch of movies. Um, oh, those ones. Yeah, those movies. Oh, the Jerry O'Connell. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Great oh, movies. Jerry O'Connell movies. Um, That's yeah. come on, like, you know who he is. But anyway, excellent. Um, so should we should we talk about this album? Uh, I've been you know, specifically. <laughs> well, we're, Whoa, what have we're we already doing? Talking, no, I mean, should we talk about the the songs, individual songs on the album? Point out which um, ones we liked. Yeah, we could talk about that. Uh, I don't think we, we're not going to do like a track by track review. Yeah, that all. But um, I definitely want to talk about some of the songs. So, like, obviously, I was saying the same thing as as Ryan. Um, I I knew the hits. I don't really know much of the, um, Talking Heads. Sorry, I'm looking at my uh, recording and it's lagging a little bit, and I want to make sure my computer's keeping up with us. Um, they got yeah, stuff so, to do. Yeah, so Psycho Killer and um, Burn Down the House, I really liked. That was one of the songs that I liked the most on the album. Um, and there was one other song. I, I, again, I really liked the album as a whole, but the songs that stuck out was uh, obviously Genius of Love because it's in It's Always Sunny. Yeah. And then um, the last song was a lot of fun. Cross-Eyed and Painless. Oh, yeah. I really liked that song a lot. That was a good jam. And there was a nice guitar solo on that oh, one, yeah. too. It's, it's Sounds probably... like my uh, early years of life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then um, This Must Be The Place is actually... Yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys know Iron and Wine, but one of my favorite songs by them, I didn't even realize it, was a cover of that song. Huh. And uh, it's really great. They do an incredible version of it, too. But that's a really good song. I like that song a lot. I think Iron and Wine is one... That's the name of the one guy. Which what? I never liked, like uh, Hosier. I thought that was what a band. That was a band for a while until I realized it was one guy. Like it's where it's not a band. It's just like yeah. one guy, no, but yeah. he goes off. It's weird. Kind of like uh, before the tide. Yeah. Everyone thinks like that's a band, and I would always pretend to be the drummer, and everyone would love me for it. And then 
really you're before the time yeah and that's why we weren't famous because i had somebody <laughs> follow me around trying to be my drummer yeah that's right oh you know that band yeah i'm the drummer oh but um, that's like uh what's his name five for fighting does the same thing okay see so that one I, say. I was unaware of he's just, is this one guy yeah, well, I mean, like, when they play live shows, they get musicians that play yeah. with them. But Five for Fighting, the guy is just, like, a piano player. Like, the whole, that whole, all their music is just piano. Yeah, yeah, that's sad. Well, some of my favorite talking heads, getting back to the album, some of my favorite talking heads songs around the album, Psycho Killer is a great opener. Um, and then probably my favorite song of theirs is Burning Down the House, which we've obviously touched on. And with that said, maybe my most favorite cover is Dave Matthews' live version of Burning Down the House. He does excellent covers of many songs, especially that one. I don't know if I've heard it. I'll have to check it out. I yeah, like it's it. really good. Really good. And then Genius of Love, as we mentioned. I mean, that comes from Tom Tom Club, which was... Uh, oh, that uh, was my question. What is the Tom Tom Club? Uh, yeah, it was a spinoff um, of members from the Talking Heads yeah. that uh, created that band. And that was really their only hit. Um, that's why it sounds similar to the Talking Heads, but outside of them, no one's really been able to replicate that sound. And that's why I've always been drawn to the Talking Heads and love them so much, is because they're so unique. Uh, you never, have, there's never really been any other band before or since them that that sounds similar. I think all well, so Tom Tom Club was the it was the drummer, right, and then the the bassist, the girl, right? Yeah, uh, um, like Tino, Tino Weymouth, Weymouth, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know if they like had a thing. I think they may have been together or something. Yeah, I, don't I know. think yeah. I don't know. I think but yeah. yeah. Well, I, the the song that comes after that, "Girlfriend Is Better," that's actually I guess the the title of this album was based on that song. Um, one of the lyrics is, "As we get older, we stop making sense," um, and that's you know that's yeah. And hmm. I think it's it's true. I guess you know in the lyrics, I guess you can kind of what I thought of when I thought of it is when you know um, not to say what the name of the album is but as we do get older you know and we start to get into relationships i guess i mean i don't know too much about that um because i'm you know single and ready to mingle that's right uh, he's <laughs> on the market ladies. and his phone number is at, uh... <laughs> but no what i'm trying to say is you know i have friends who you know have been in long relationships and you know sometimes you can see how they're not going well and you can see that they start to stop making sense because you know they're so infatuated with someone and they stop to see reality and they only see what this relationship is and they yeah yeah that's a good point i think that happens with a lot of people and not to talk about relationships but it gets people get caught up in it and you uh lose sight of what yeah. is really there but anyway um <clears throat> that is a really good song and i like that song a lot um but speaking of lyrics uh i didn't listen to the lyrics as much as i usually do throughout an album um as you guys may know lyrics are like the biggest thing that i um, appreciate the most in music and in artists and people who are able to write really, really great lyrics or something that stands out to me a lot, being a musician myself and a lyricist myself. Um, so I really enjoy that. And one thing I noticed was that the lyrics, for the most part, were really weird. Yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> I could agree with you about not really yeah, know, listening the, to much of the lyrics. And it's not just them, but I, a lot of bands back then, the lyrics really didn't a lot of them just there was nothing there was no meaning behind lyrics back then it was just more the music and the sound that they were making as opposed to the words that they were saying yeah i agree i think it's burning down the house is the song one of the, one of talking heads biggest hits uh, was just, david byrne just took a bunch of phrases and threw them together <laughs> and so it really doesn't mean anything the yeah, lyrics exactly but it became like a huge hit i think that's burning down the house 
That's what I'm saying. Lyrics, just like, I feel like they didn't mean so anything back then. Do you think the title's kind of, you know, underscoring this whole conversation we're having? Lyrics don't, what do you mean? The lyrics oh, yeah. don't make sense. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That's true. I agree. Um, when, I, when I was driving out of town to get out of the hurricane the other day, Burning Down the House came on, and it was just a fitting song. Oh, yeah. That's, well, that that's yeah. That's, well, at that's least the house be. is still there when you got back. <laughs> yeah. And there's that. also a line, like, we're, we're in for stormy weather. And I was like, oh, that's Oh, fitting. yeah, you were. Yeah. Yeah, um, but definitely lyrics back then were weird. Um, I feel as if they've, uh, I guess they, I wouldn't say they've gotten better now. I guess it's just the type of music it was. And because um, you look at Bob Dylan back then, who's one of the great greatest lyricists of all time. Um, just some of the bands and I, I think this genre. So speaking of genres, Luke. Yeah. Um, so Wiki had, Wikipedia uh, are all of our favorite uh, reference point. Wiki for the, the hip ones. That's right. Um, so they classified them as a lot of things. <clears throat> I only wrote the first few down. So they classified them as new wave, post-punk, and experimental pop. All of which don't mean anything to me. That's the case. With, there's really only like five true genres. That's what, like so Rock, country, blues, jazz. Okay, more than five, but you get the point. My, my biggest gripe with genres is pop pop's not a genre yeah. it's a word it, it, it's popular music is what it used to mean it true like, like that's pop hits or like the popular hits it's not a genre now it's come to mean like taylor swift and like artists like that who are making our own pop music i mean it's become synonymous in our like everyday vernacular but that's it's just weird my bigger issue than pop is indie because that similar idea. Well, that same stood thing. For it was independent, independent artists. Yeah, for for bands that weren't signed to major record deals, and, and now that, it's like a sound. How can you attach a sound to a word? Exactly. Like, and most of those bands are signed too. Like, if you look at like, I think I believe like Bon Iver, who would be considered indie, is I'm sure he's signed oh, to a record deal. Bon Iver. Yeah, I mean, like all these bands, even Iron and Wine is um, considered indie, and I think he's signed to a record label too. Most bands are signed to record labels these days. But with that said, how come it's almost like when you could okay, when you can say, uh, "Oh, that guy looks Jewish." I never understood that either, because that, let's not me, get too racist here. Uh, yeah, I know, but that's a religion. How can you look a religion? Same thing. No, how do you I know? agree, but yeah. they do because I. Well, the but thing when would, you hear a song, what thing, makes look, it? Look, what? How do you know? Oh, that's indie. Like why? How? It's the sound. It's the same. But thing? like the thing with Judaism is that they all stem from the same part of the world, and I think that's why they look that way. Okay, I don't know. So now explain the indie part. The indie part doesn't relate. There's no comp. You can't compare the Jews. You don't, you don't and like my. You can't compare the plight of the Jews to indie music. On this Jewish holiday, you're gonna shoot down my comparison. Uh, I don't know if there is a comparison. I, Luke, I, I see where you're coming from. Um, okay. You, no, I, I Thank do. you, Bailey. I, I'm 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 gonna be objective here because I know you two have your you know, <laughs> conflicting ide- you know ideas and you know opinions. I, I get what he's saying. Yeah, but you always gotta just you know. No, that's disagree. not. Just listen. Agree, guys. Just agree to disagree. The indie it's, music. That's didn't it came from independent artists and there isn't there used to be every artist used to be independent back in the day. any band that made an album in their garage is independent nirvana would have been an independent artist would have been indie until they got signed by i think sony signed them or something um but 
that's that's what like indie music now is is a sound like when you turn on a song and i know you're asking the question luke but like you know for yourself when you listen to a song and you hear it you can tell that this is an indie song like you know what the genre is speaking of so what is the real definition of the genre then what should indie be called or classified as i usually don't use the term indie i use i like to, it's like i consider it more like folk a lot of it's a lot of indie is folk um uh, more a lot of it's becoming electronic um it's like almost electro rock um or like electro folk because like look at bon Iver. it's like it's it's not oh, bon folk. it's just i've been listening to him a lot too we'll go back <laughs> to what i'm listening to um no he's got a new album out i know it's like um i don't know i don't know i don't know that's my opinion i don't i don't know how you would describe indie music or like another genre to describe indie music i don't know yeah, genres are all messed up these days, though. Yeah, you got to cut it back to like the generic ten. And the music, the industry did that though. That's just what it is. Everyone wants to be like different. Wikipedia has these crazy genres for every album that means nothing. It's all silly. I agree with that. I 100% agree, and I think genres really don't mean anything anymore. And like you, there's still Billboard top genre charts, but they don't mean anything. No, they don't. I don't know. When, I, I don't know. When did genres just stop making sense, huh? You know? Oh, my God. Uh, A good question. It's been, I feel like it's been recent, this whole move for uh, ridiculous names. Yeah, go right over your head. Yeah. <laughs> the name of the album is Stop Making Sense. Oh, I listen to like every other word he says. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Wow, Luke. I'm happy I haven't seen your face in three years. Really <laughs> the ball. Yeah. yeah um, I mean, I think that's kind of bringing the uh, the album review to a close. Um, overall, like I said, I really enjoyed the album. I thought it was really well done. Um, I would highly recommend it to other people who are interested in listening to music personally. I think it's a good collection of their songs. I think it's a good introduction to someone who, like myself who hasn't listened to much talking heads um i think this song selection is great again and i think it's a cool they use a lot of different instruments the uh the synths that they use are really great a lot of the keyboard stuff they do is really great um yeah overall really great album i enjoyed it a lot would you guys say that a live album is a good way to introduce yourself to a band that's a good question now that you say that um i don't know i'd have to give that to the resident musician i don't know um, well, it depends. So like, I think it depends on how well the band does live. Some bands just aren't good live and like live stuff just isn't good. Um, I don't know. I'd have to hear the originals. I think if you're looking to give someone a whole collection of songs, yeah, I don't see why a live album would be bad. I don't know why it wouldn't be a good introduction. I mean, it's the same music. It's usually played a little differently, but I think you're getting the idea of the kind of band they are from that. Fair enough. Would you? Yeah, I think it depends on the situation. Um, but uh, because, you know, to me, like somebody, say like Fish, for example. And I always use Fish as an example. See, when that's talking the about thing. It depends on the band. Fish is right, a different, exactly. totally different band live. Because I'm the total opposite of most Fish, ban- Fish fans, where I like their studio stuff, but I would never see them in concert. Or even I hate listening to their live stuff because they turn a four-minute song into a 20-minute song. But when they keep it to an actual four-minute song in the studio, it's a great song. So for That's that genre. Like that, That's the same. It's a jam, jam genre. It's uh, Allman Brothers, Grateful Dead, all those bands. 
Yeah, I saw the Allman Brothers play with Tom Petty. The Allman Brothers played 10 songs in two hours. Tom Petty played 20. And I said, why would anybody want to see the Allman Brothers? That's ridiculous. That's a pretty awesome concert, though. It was. And Derek Truck's band opened for all, for both of them. There was a three. How long were you there? Too long. But uh, it was a great day and uh, a good show. Oh, it was like a day thing? It's It started like afternoon and went into the night, yeah. Well, right. They sing... Uh... Walls of rambling, yeah, rambling man. man. Yeah, that is, oh, of course. That is them. Yeah, good song. That's a great song. Yeah, song. Almond Brothers are great. I think their studio stuff is awesome. I'm not. I agree with Luke. There's a couple of times where I will like. Um, what is it? Is there a song Jessica? Uh, that yeah, yeah. That's the one song. Like I listened to that live. I think it's awesome. It's such a good song. And um, I mean, Ramblin' Man's a great song live. They got a couple. They, they, their stuff is good live, but I, I do like their studio stuff. Yeah, I mean, I like some of the the live stuff, but they'll always turn Whipping Post is one song. That's what I was just about to say. I told you a few uh, weeks ago I was like had that song stuck in my head. Time. Oh, but it's great. It's such a good twenty minute version. It's just good musicians. It's it's the thing I like about that. And Dave Matthews does it too, though, when they play live. They're, they're they'll get into some jams. Dave loves to jam, but it's it speaks to the level of musician in the band, and that's what I appreciate the most is that these bands are able to play and just jam and just play for that long. It really takes a lot of talent and they're really talented musicians to be able to do that. Yeah, and Dave's like where I'll draw the line because he'll only jam like a handful of times in a show and that's he, acceptable. Even like Tom Petty, and I know I always bring him up just because uh, I know him uh, more than, you're obsessed than anyone else. loves Tom Petty. Yeah, exactly. So, But uh, like if you jam a couple of times in a concert, that's fine. But when you take every song and stretch it out to five times the length, settle down. Yeah, that's fine. I agree. Um, I mean, Dave's great though. That he's got. I would argue that Dave Matthews Band and his surrounding cast is one of the best still touring today. Yeah, I can see that. Like, they're all like they're, they're all like uh, musically educated, except for Dave. They all like studied music in one way or another. His drummer is just phenomenal, Carter Buford. We're like the re wide receiver gloves whenever he plays. Yeah, well, he can't lose those sticks. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, actually, I always wondered that. How many sticks, on average, do drummers lose per show? A lot. They don't. They don't lose them. They break them. Um, I'd say, but uh, I can't. I don't know. I'm not a drummer, so I can't speak exactly. But I'd say they go through like six or seven sticks a show. I used to drum, and I was not good, but I would drop the sticks too often. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, sweaty. The professional palms. drummers aren't dropping the sticks. They usually break them. But a good drummer. Um, won't break it as often. It dip, when you break a stick, you're usually hitting it, hitting the, uh, unless you're intentionally hitting the rim of the, um, you're doing like rim shots on the, the. All right, guys, how about we grow up a little bit? <laughs> you're doing rim shots on the, um, on like the snare or something like that, where you're hitting the side of it to make a different sound. That's when you're gonna get the like the sticks to break. But when you're hitting it normally, you usually don't get it. For the but, record, it was, they it break was... a lot. It was Bailey's laugh that made me laugh. Yeah, we were both 12. Well, I was just thinking of, I knew, me and Luke were thinking the same thing. I just happened to laugh first. Uh, but, yeah. um, Speaking of live music, uh, Bob Dylan is releasing a 36-disc set of his 1966 concerts. That sounds amazing. How many concerts does, does it? he play? But then this, he traveled down the road. Is he going to do this for every year now? Why 1966? That was a good year for him in, in performances. Was that the year that he had like the most performances ever? I don't know. Maybe. 
he like has, now he now he could do every year. Next year he could come out with a thirty six discs set of nineteen sixty seven. A what? Thirty six discs of nineteen sixty seven. Something like that. A thirty six. Speaking. Sorry. Yeah, you off. get the idea. Speaking of Bob Dylan, um, a friend of mine was at um, Desert Trip over the weekend, which was a festival that was, I guess, the same place Coachella is. Geezer Palooza. Geezer Palooza, yes. And uh, Bob Dylan was there. And she was saying that Bob Dylan's sitting. performance, yeah, sitting, um, was, was actually underwhelming compared to who was there. You know, Rolling Stones, um, Roger Waters, uh, Paul McCartney. Um, basically, she said he just came out, he sang his couple songs, and then he left. I hear he is awful now. Yeah, his voice. You can't is understand anything he's saying. Voice is shot. From what I hear, he performed in Connecticut at the minor league baseball stadium in New Britain, and they asked him to do three things before the concert, and he said no to all three. One was like sign a baseball. He said no. And another, I think, was like take a picture, a picture with the mascot. He said no. And then the third one was just. When you start the concert, can you say something nice about New Britain? Like every like the oldest trick in the book. Hey, look great to be in New Britain. Yada yada yada. He said no, he didn't do that either. So he's a douche. He did do that uh, that Watson commercial like a year ago. That's what I was really surprised about because he seems like a certainly closed off and kind of like a douche. Say what you think. Well, he's always, you never see him in like the public light like yeah. that. And then he's doing this commercial. He's like giggling and smiling. Listen, and... he's just mad that his son is a better musician than him. Ha! <laughs> I love That's me some I Jacob said. Dylan. I just like the way he spells his name. It spells it with a K. The Wallflowers, if anyone uh, is oh, wondering. Yeah. Great yeah. band. Wallflowers are good. And his middle yeah, name is yeah. Luke, so I always liked him. That's an unfortunate middle name. Yeah, it's a great middle name. I got yeah, a compliment yeah. at Taco Bell last week about my name. <laughs> Who compliments a name? It's a biblical name. Everyone loves it. Whatever. <laughs> Bailey, what would you think of the album? Summarize it. Uh, <laughs> uh, I really liked, like you mentioned it before, you touched on it. Uh, I liked the blending of the guitar um, and the synthesizer and all the wacky and weird sounds um, that they're able to make. One question that came up when I was actually listening to it um, was given that these performances were live um, compared to studio, and obviously, I guess, in a studio, there's more, I guess there's more, like, sounds you can make from a synthesizer standpoint. And it's interesting how, like, they improvise that live um, and how, like, they do the best they can with what they have. I'm not sure if it's, like, any different. No, so a synth, um, it depends. So a synth is programmed usually with, you can program it, like, via a computer or whatever. Yeah to have different sound effects on right, it so they right, get like right, a button right. and those sound effects right. play so in a live show it's usually set for the uh, same way yeah. it is in the studio um it's not usually anything too crazy and like the noises where they change the pitch and stuff that's all done on the keyboard where they hit right. a note and they just like move um a slider up and down that changes the pitch yeah. so most of it's um like it's not i there's some bands i would say pre-record some things that are too hard to do live but uh, a lot of bands just they're able to do it live Especially bands back then, because um, um, a lot of bands back then, I think, recorded live or not live, but they'd record the full band together as opposed to like recording each individual instrument track by track. Yeah, that's always been um, kind of a debated technique in terms of uh, studio recording. It's tough. Uh, You get different sounds, I think. I personally like it when 
it's not that you, you can never tell. Like if you listen to an album, you can't tell. Um, I just like the idea of recording the full band together. That's when you get the real chemistry together, the whole band. To me, having never done it, I would feel like it's easier to do like track by track because if there's one little mistake from one of the five members while recording live, you have to like start over. That's a lot easier. What's a lot easier? To do it track by track. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's easier on the musicians because you also don't have to have all the musicians in the studio at the same time. Yeah, that's true. Some may um, not like that, though. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I think. I mean, I feel like for the most part, bands are all in the studio together. Um, but yeah, you don't you don't have to, and they record like you can record drums for like multiple days and stuff like that. It's a it's a long process. Oh, it sure is. But yeah, the Talking Heads they had their uh, going along with all those different noises and such. They had their own own sound, and David Byrne was a really odd guy. I think he had a lot of, um, or still does because he's still alive, but I think he had a lot of, has a lot of uh, um, personality um, disorders, I guess. What do you mean? Uh, like, like psychological bipolar? things? Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe not as extreme as like bipolar, but yeah, he has like some sort of, uh, he has some conditions. I mean, I think a lot of musicians have that too. Yeah, Adam Duritz has like the oddest disease I've ever heard, and I've never heard anyone else that has it. From Limp Biscuit? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, what's his name? I thought his name was Adam Duritz. That's his name, Limp Biscuit. That's, uh, no, what that's on his birth certificate. That's uh, Counting Crow. What? Limp Biscuit? That's his name, Limp Biscuit? Yeah. Bailey's trying to make a joke. <laughs> There's this kid I went to school with. His, uh, he was obsessed with Limp Biscuit. Fred Durst. Oh, Fred Durst, that's right. Same thing. Um, so back to the kid I went to school with. He was obsessed with Limp Biscuit when we were in like fourth grade, and he uh, named his dog Biscuit. He spelled B-I-Z-K-I-T or E-T, however you spell it. His dog? He named yeah, his dog Biscuit. Not Biscuit, Bizkit. Does the spelling really matter for an animal? No. <laughs> I don't know. Well, in case the dog ever has to spell it for someone. Yeah, where are you writing down the dog? Well, when you go to the vet, what do they do? They write the dogs, the cats, the animal's name on the pill All bottle. Right. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, uh, well, here's your biscuit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Adam Duritz of the Counting Crows. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he has a condition where he always like feels like he's he always has to have like, out of body. That stick out of his head. What? He always has to have dreadlocks that stick out of his head, not cornrows. Yeah, that's why he wears fake fake hair. But what? Uh, yeah, that's fake. What do you mean it's fake? It's fake. Says who? I think he's admitted it. Really? Wait, Luke, what were you alluding to before about his condition? Oh yeah. Well, Adam Durrett has he has a condition where he always feels like he's experiencing out of body experiences. Interesting. That's They're not fake. not always, but he'll go through stretches. That's why uh, I like his uh, that's why the, that's fake. That's why the albums are so like sporadic because he says he'll go through these like fits where he just doesn't feel. Let's see, I, I got it right here. Grappled with a uh, uh, mental health issue. Um, it doesn't really give a name. Uh, that's good. But yeah, so that's why like they release an album every like six years just because he can't bring himself to like sit down for a while and write songs because he do he doesn't like feel like himself. He's one of my favorite lyricists though. Yeah, well, it comes from a certain place. So do you think um, Mr. Jones is his alter ego or 
something along those lines. I think he said he wrote it about a friend, a bassist from another band. Uh, so sorry to ruin that. People also think that oh, there goes the that. song. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know where you're going with this one, Luke. Yeah, people think it's about uh, the male genitalia. I've heard that before. Yeah, to keep it clean. But it's a good uh, song. That's oh, an excellent song. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. But yeah, but yeah, David Byrne has some uh, some some things going on. He also created the um, artistic bike racks that you'll see around cities, <laughs> as you mentioned. Uh, what was that last week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've yeah, yeah. seen them. The artistic. Oh, bike you've racks. seen them. They're all around now. That was his idea, and he also started wearing an o- the oversized coat. Are we that still talking about thing. Fred Durst? The oversized coat. What no, is the David Byrne. Coat. The puffy, oh, David Byrne. Very puffy oh, we're back jacket. to the Talking Heads. Oh, yeah, the talking puffy, jacket. puffy North Face favor jacket. <laughs> No, he'd wear like a coat that was just too big for him. The duster, it's similar, yeah. Bailey's yeah, gonna Google. The yeah, long Google coat. it. He would wear it like in his live performances. Very large jacket. Google it. I don't know. Just search David Byrne large coat. I don't know. I mean, their concerts um, really something to see because he would. He was so like, he's just an odd dude. The guy. Oh yeah. Oh, All right. Yeah. Hell? So. This picture I'm looking at is them from the performance because that's like what the the picture is in the Spotify album. That's so weird. He's wearing a big, big suit. Like almost, yeah, it's huge. It's huge. It's humongous. That's the (laughs) weirdest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. uh, That was like a thing in the 80s. So how do you, is there like like, a zoot suit? Is there there padding or something or? I have no idea. Gotta be. Yeah. But he would always wear it in concert. Like when he, it's like someone wearing a fat suit. Yeah, kind of. He must have been hot. All right. Well, all right. We're getting off topic. I think that bring us, brings us to the end of this, uh, the first podcast for us. Um, it's always good to be talking about visuals on a podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's why uh, I think we should wrap it up now. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So uh, thanks, guys. Uh, thanks for the suggestion, Ryan. I, that was a great first uh, album to listen to, uh, Talking Heads. Hey, little girl, is your daddy home? Did he go and leave you all alone? I got a bad desire. Oh, Is it weird to call him Ryan? Yeah. People are going to think there's Ryan. four people. There's two Ryans, one. Two Ryans and a Bailey and a Luke. <laughs> My name is Ryan yeah. Bailey, by the way. I cleared that up know. earlier. Uh, I don't think you did. All right. You said your well, name was Ryan. My name is Bailey. I don't think I've ever known another Luke, but I feel like it'd be weird to have to call somebody by my name. I don't think I yeah, know another well, Luke either. There was like four Ryans in my elementary school class. Yeah, my high school had like a bunch yeah, of Ryans. So yeah. Not nothing new. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a more common name. All right. Well, again, thanks, guys. See you.